This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joins us, I am every day this month by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Uh, oh no, Greg is the monster there. <laughs> man, I'm so happy we're doing Frankenstein. Oh yeah, we had to do a classic Universal doing Throbtober, of course, and we've done Dracula. Well, we did one. Well, yeah, we did the uh, the Mummy, but this is like I like the mummy but this is up there with like dracula's number one frankenstein's like right there at number two yeah they're pretty much neck and neck for it man and look it's so wild like this movie looking at it. i'm like boris karloff is a fucking legend i don't care what anybody says like when i'm just looking at this guy i'm like he's I don't know how he's pulling this off. Like, he's so good. It's so weird to say, but he's just playing a bumbling monster. But, like, after he's on screen, you believe it. And I was like, fuck. I, like, I hate that, like, people, especially in horror movies and stuff, are often just given the stuntman credit. Because, like, holy shit is he acting his ass off as a monster. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, um, you can look at, like, how Frankenstein, he doesn't speak in this movie, so he only can emote with his face, and even that's heavily done up with makeup that, like, burnt Boris Karloff's skin and stuff. But look at Jason as well, of, like, he's behind a mask of, he can only do so much, and look what Kane Hodder did with him. Of, there are certain people that can really handle that well. Yeah, and, like, He's so good at displaying emotion, like the whole uh, lake scene with the girl and everything like that, without yeah. ever talking in this movie. It's super good. Oh, he gets horny at one point? <laughs> I, I guess so, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, like, Frank there's so much great behind-the-scenes stuff of this. Of course, Jack Pierce uh, did the makeup. Legendary makeup good dude who did, like... Dracula, like, almost all of the Frankenstein movies, he did the Wolfman makeup, the Mummy, all this classic, like, you think about the Universal Monsters and how classic they all look. He did all of them. Oh, yeah, it's, there's a team behind these movies that were just, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall where someone make a documentary, not a documentary, like a biopic, on just all of the Universal Monster movies being made. Like, the crew's constantly going back for another one, getting a new role. The people behind the scenes that keep coming back. It feels like it would have been a wild time. Oh, and even, like, I watched, um, like, a few nights ago, the Frankenstein documentary again, where it's um, a lot of the uh, people's kids, so it's, like, Boris Karloff's daughters there and stuff, and uh, Dwight Fry's son, and... Um, they're talking about, like, oh, I remember being on set and whatnot, and there's also a lot about uh, Boris Karloff and all that makeup they put on. This is, like, 1931. So, it's, like, this weird plastic stuff that was extremely toxic that, like, burnt his skin, and then it hurt to come off. Uh, after making this movie, uh, Karloff had to have three back surgeries because James Whale made him keep doing the one scene where he's carrying... Uh, victor frankenstein up and down the stairs oh yeah yeah he had very bad back problems yeah bella was originally supposed to be frankenstein but he turned it down because he didn't want to 
cover his handsome face with all that makeup. I love Bella too, but I, <laughs> something about me doesn't think. I mean, I know he well, plays Frankenstein later, but yeah. I feel like you need Karloff in this role. We saw Bella's Frankenstein, and I'm the bill, biggest Bella fan you'll meet. He's not good as Frankenstein. Yeah, you need this hulking, imposing man like playing the monster. Yeah, exactly. Bella doesn't have the face for it. All right, and I, I'm going to say this here. Yeah. It is the year 2022. It's time, Brett. Yes. I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, actually, he's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein is who invented it. We know. Did you plan a recording device in my room? How do you get my voice? <laughs> Everybody knows. I think it's time that when talking in general, if someone says Frankenstein, all of us, myself included, horror nerds, need to shut the fuck up and just acknowledge they mean the monster. Where it would be more practical if we want to differentiate Frankenstein and Dr. Frankenstein. There's our, yeah. di our difference. I think it's time now when we hear people say Frankenstein, we stop the, well, he's the monster. <laughs> well, Universal itself is extremely uh, to blame for that, like, kind of battle thing that's been going on since these movies came out. Because there was a promotional thing going on between Karloff and Lugosi, and they were playing chess against each other and Karloff is like it's your move Dracula and then you know Bor uh, Bella moves his thing it's like your move now Frankenstein so they themselves are do this of they call the monster Frankenstein we know and he is Frankenstein's monster you have a cat his name is Baron Von Kitty however if yes. you were to give this cat a last name I imagine it would have your last name so it makes sense to still call it that like Alfred would be Alfred Ames. Yes. Yeah. So if someone would go to my dog and go, Ames, I'd be like, that's weird, but I get it. Exactly. Like, yeah, kind of, I guess. And like you said, uh, even the monster looks at Dr. Frankenstein as almost like his dad type thing, especially going on through the movies as they progress. So it makes sense. Yeah, that's all. I wanted to get that out of the way. It's time, people. Let it go. I may still at some time say the monster. But that's just out of habit. I will also say Frankenstein, maybe. Oh, in context of the movie, yeah, I get it. But when someone just, in general, is like, I love Frankenstein, I understand <laughs> they mean the monster. I'm trying to stop myself. Well, ain't you? <laughs> no. Bet. Did you ever see that meme where someone took the book? It's not a meme, it's just a picture. And they took the ending about him floating away on the ice <laughs> and everything. And they added in the... Oh, by the way, it's totally cool if you just want to call me Frankenstein in the future. You don't have to call me Frankenstein's monster all the time, because that's a mouthful. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> I've seen that. I love that. All right, let's kick into this thing. Frankenstein from 1931, directed by James Well, based oh. on the book by Mary Shelley, the mother of all science fiction. And holy shit, James fucking Whale did so many great ones. This one, Bride, Invisible Man, The Old Dark House. Like, this dude ruled. Oh, for sure. It kicks off with a fourth wall break, addressing the audience directly. <laughs> this is your last warning. It may frighten you, it will stimulate you, all this kind of stuff. Do you wish to proceed, pretty much? This is another one of those movies you hear about, like, 
Because this isn't that far off of people like running away from the train that was on the screen, of people passing out when they saw the monster. I always hear that. With the train thing, I I think it's been exaggerated over time. I think people had like that gut reaction jumped. Who knows? You might have had one or two people run, but I don't think it was like widespread of people running away from the train going at them. And I'm going to mention Terrifier 2, but I'm not going to spoil anything because at this moment I have not seen it. But did you see the picture where someone threw up like in the bathroom and they're like, Terrifier 2, it makes people throw up. That guy was probably just drunk or something or sick. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That stuff's great. It feels old school Hollywood to me. So when I see that still going on, I never complain about it. Yeah. And the... uh uh, Simpsons parodied this a few times with their Treehouse of Horrors Halloween episodes where Marge would come out and warn you. Yes. Now, look, also, there's nothing me or you are going to say about Frankenstein that hasn't been said. So, we're just going to talk about this movie and what we like about it, pretty much. If you're coming here for some, like, hot takes, I'm not sure we're going to have any. We'll, we'll have some maybe new jokes you've never heard before, just because we're odd. <laughs> possibly but that's about it so we get our opening credits then and then there's a funeral a uh, graveside funeral going on and dr frankenstein and fritz who is not called igor in this movie at all no igor doesn't come around until son of frankenstein with bella lugosi but he is hunchback assistant to dr frankenstein so it's basically the same character which Dwight Fry in this movie, almost like he does in Dracula, kind of steals the show the little bit that he gets to like play around with because he's so good. It's because he is a stage actor who had to like overly emote on the stage to get across like the emotions he's portraying, and so he just brought that right to screen. And it now it's like yeah, he's chewing the scenery, but it's 1931, so it's high art. Oh, it's not a complaint when I say he's chewing the scenery. I love yeah. it. Dwight Fry can do whatever he wants. Well, because, like, Fritz is at, like, the gate, and it's like, Hey, buddy, I want to get to it. And Dr. Frankenstein's like, Down, you fool! <laughs> but they're watching, and the funeral leaves, and like, Okay, go! And they go and dig up the body. <laughs> well, you get the, like, the funeral's over, and you get the tubby guy that goes over and, like, buries the <laughs> casket, and then he, like, gets done, and he smokes his pipe and walks away. I just imagine Frankenstein walking up, because he's extremely rich, he's, the father's a baron, whatever that means, the town seems to love him. I'm glad you're not quite sure either, I'm like, is he royalty? I don't exactly know what a baron is either. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, it just sounds cool, that's why I named my cat that. But, um... If he just walked up to him and be like, here is a shiny nickel, don't bury this, so we have to just unbury it in two seconds. Possibly. I love, I'm glad you brought up that guy, because then he walks away, like, down the quote-unquote hill. So much of this movie is soundstaged, and I'm sure you couldn't tell it, because I'm watching it on Blu-ray. Holy crap, Brett. They couldn't have ironed these backdrops <laughs> with how many wrinkles are in them? I was going to bring up the wrinkly sky at some point, but I'm glad you did. Of the sky is wrinkly. Also, everything is very echoey of in like an actual, like if you want to break it down, like, oh, filmmaking, blah, blah, blah. It's probably not. But it adds to the movie of just it seems weird of like, why is it all echoey? Now that you like you said, we have Blu-ray, we can see the background for like 80 years 
or more. It's like, no, no one ever saw that because it was on VHS or like a bad VHS transfer to a DVD. Yeah, but you look at that, I'm like, someone should have ironed that. Yeah. But the neck is broken on the body, the brain is useless, and so they have to get a brain somewhere else. Well, no, um, they dig up the body and they put him on the cart, and then they go to where the hanged man is. Oh, yes. And and Frankenstein's like, climb up there, Fritz, and he's like, Fritz is terrified of everything. He gives him a knife, he puts it in his mouth like a pirate, and he like shimmies (laughs) up the thing and cuts him down, and that's when they see like, oh yes, his neck's broken, his brain is useless. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but okay. Yeah, maybe. So Fritz has to get a good brain from somewhere else. So, of course, he's creeping on a medical school class as Dr. Waldman is displaying two brains. One of, like, the perfect, like, model citizen genius. Like, so abnormal, he was so smart. And one of a criminal. There's normal and Abby normal. <laughs> yes. And, of course, he breaks in and he drops the normal brain because he backs into a gong from the sound of it. He backs into a skeleton, and it starts going up and down, and that scares him. And then, yeah, for no reason, there's just a gong sound. It's not even like he backs up into one. It just happens. I know! I'm like, why is there a gong in the med school? Yeah, who knows? That's the class next door practicing their gong lessons. (laughs) But he drops the good brain, and so he takes the abnormal brain, the brain of a criminal, instead. Well, and he just keeps it in the jar and runs away, which I get you're not just going to pick the brain up with your bare hands. But don't you think he takes it to Dr. Frankenstein's like, here's your brain, sir. And he's like, it says it's a fucked up brain right here on the label. Yeah, true. Maybe he peeled the label off before he got back to him. Yeah, maybe. But the doctor's fiance Elizabeth, gets a note about him leaving to focus on his work. And he's going to be up in this bell tower on top of the hill for a very long time. Yeah, basically like, okay, I just got engaged to you. Aren't we so happy and everything? I'm going to disappear for months and months with my strange uh, hunchback friend here, Fritz. Hello. And we're going to go and <laughs> kind of have a honeymoon or kind of of our own in like Germany or wherever they are in this castle by ourselves. We're going to make a hunky man. Well, speaking of her, her and Victor, their friend, go to see Dr. Waldman, the guy who's teaching the class, for info on what the hell Henry's been doing, and they're gonna go find him, all this kind of stuff. Well, it's basically, he's like, the bodies we have, he said, weren't good enough, so he went to go find his own bodies and do his own research. Telling this to uh, his fiance. Yeah, and, like, they even drop a line, oh, I'm sure, like, the animals, like, he's not interested in animal specimens. No, it's like, no, he's after people. Basically, like, yeah, and it's insinuated that, like, he's kind of killing people. Yeah, which we get no evidence of, but they definitely make it seem like that here. Yeah, like, he needs the freshest bodies, wink, wink. It's like, yeah, he has this great guy that will get me, like, um bodies and they, they, they don't move anymore and stuff. This great guy, Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't know how he does it. Sometimes when he gives me the bodies, they're a little sticky, but it's okay, we wash them. You know what I was thinking of watching this movie this time? Because we just rewatched one of the movies in the series not too long ago. I feel like reanimator Herbert West is like a carbon copy of Henry Frankenstein. Oh, 100%. Of, it's even um, 
when I, mean, I know we're going to get to the scene is like the big scene of the movie when the monster comes alive and Henry goes crazy, you know? Yeah. It's very much like, I'm just thinking Herbert West holding his hands up to the sky. I have created life and all this kind of stuff, oh, yeah. which should be obvious, but even the mannerisms and everything are very much Henry Frankenstein. 100%. I agree with that. Henry and Fritz are preparing for the storm and they do the final test where they flick everything on and everything's buzzing and zapping and everything. Which all of this, uh, which is like the mad scientist laboratory of mad scientist laboratories of this is what they're all based off of it to the point of they use these same props and movies through the seventies. And some of these parts were in young Frankenstein. I was just about to ask that because I was, I thought I read that or you told me that or I heard that somewhere before. So that is true. Yeah, that would just make me want to like have a movie back then just so I could see these things like bust out a script in six hours. Who cares? Get funding somehow. I just want to see these props. (laughs) I imagine most of them are on some display at Universal somewhere now. Oh, now they're behind, like, bulletproof glass. Like, let's say, like, it's the end of the world, and, like, the museum's burning down. There's the uh, Constitution, and there's, like, some kind of weird prop from Frankenstein. I'm kicking the Constitution out of the way to go save Frankenstein. (laughs) You're putting out the fire with it to go get the Frankenstein props. Nicolas Cage is like, no! (laughs) (laughs) There's a knock on the door, and it's... Dr. Waldman and Elizabeth and Victor, and Fritz is trying to send Waldman away. No, no, you can't see. Be gone. But, of course, it yeah. doesn't work. In middle of a rainstorm, it's like hailing, it looks like. It's like the wind, the rain's blowing sideways. It's like a hurricane. And Frankenstein's like, go away! I cannot be bothered right now! Oh, please leave me alone, fiancé! Well, she's the only reason he lets them in. I think he was going to send the guys back out in the storm, but he saw she was there, he lets them come in. But don't mess anything up. Because Victor is 100% after her. Of Even at one point, uh, he says something about, like, oh, you're a great gal. And it's like, oh, you're a great guy. Anyone would be lucky to be with you. And he gets all sad because he's like, I want you. Yeah, Victor's trying to put the moves on his best friend's girl, you can tell. Like, yeah, he's crazy, isn't he? Look at all the bodies he has around. <laughs> but he makes all three of them sit and not touch his work. He yells at Volbin because he does. And he says, I've discovered the great ray that first brought life into the world. Yeah, I so guess. basically it's like, because uh, Voldman had said like, oh, this is like the brightest light in the entire universe. And they showed him in class. And it's like, Frankenstein's sitting there breaking pencils. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> And Frankenstein's like, I found an even brighter light. But they turn on the machine and it raises the body up the bell tower as the storm's coming through. And it works. He's lowered back down. And first you think it didn't work. The arm starts moving. And then we get the classic, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. I know what it feels like to be God. And that's a uh, line that was cut out for many, many years. Oh, I'm sure from the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like the 80s. They put like that back in and also the actually the monster throwing the little girl into the lake. Oh, okay. But yeah, so this is a scene you've seen parodied a billion times before you've ever actually even seen this. Oh, yeah. 
it's hard to put into words how amazing a scene is like that. Just like, oh yeah, it's just a few lines and everything, but it's like the scene of scenes in a universal monster movie. It's, you can't put it into words how good it is. Oh yeah, it's one of those things that's been done so much to death, you forget how, like, iconic it is. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, now it's like 1am, you don't know what to watch, turn on Frankenstein and turn off all your lights, it's super dark, and just focus on the movie. Don't think about how The Simpsons parodied it, and everyone has. Just pay attention to how great the acting is. But we don't get, like, our monster reveal here, really. He's all wrapped up and stuff, remember? But it's a hard cut to Elizabeth back at home being pestered about the wedding, and we're introduced to the MVP of this movie, the Baron, for the first time. <laughs> what do you mean? Where's my son? He must marry this girl. Give me my wine. <laughs> He's just the most, like, cliche, fancy, monocle-wearing, what-what type man that has ever existed, and I love it. Also, I want to know, what is he smoking out of that pipe? Is it tobacco? Is it opium? We don't know, because this is like the early 1900s of, they had cocaine and Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's true. Man, he's a character, though. He's the, remember Dracula, we had Martin? He's yes. that type of character in this one. To where, like, he's uh, extremely, like, mad about everything, and he's like, I don't even know if this wedding's gonna happen, or my goddamn son, huff, huff, huff. And then it's the Burgermeister's here, and he's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that blowhard, he has nothing good to say. He's saying this as the man is standing, like, basically right <laughs> beside him. <laughs> when you're a baron, you can get away with that kind of disrespect. And the Burgermeister's like... I've been working on your son and, like, daughter-in-law's wedding this entire time, and this is how you treat me? <laughs> I have a question about this wedding. Yeah. In this scene, it's made to believe, like, it's today or tomorrow, by the sounds of right. it. Right. Like, but then later, when Henry's back and everything, they're like, when can we start planning the wedding? Soon, I hope. So what the hell's going on? Like, they make me think, <laughs> oh, he's about to miss his own wedding. That's what it seems like at first, but then, like you said, it's still a little bit away. I guess this tiny village just has nothing going on whatsoever. So they're like, there's a wedding this year! I mean, I get it. It doesn't look like a very happening place. No. The Baron decides he's gonna go get Henry and talk some sense into him. Oh yeah, this uh, old little old man who's hunched over with his cane, and he's smoking something constantly, he's drinking constantly, he's not moving too quickly, so they're like, oh god, we have to follow this old man up this mountain to this castle? Fuck. We'll go get him. You stay here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think, really, you're gonna make this guy go on this kind of trek the whole way up there? Well, and then when he gets to the castle, he's doing the most old man banging on the door where he's, like, wrapping the cane on it. <laughs> Where's my cake? Belinda! <laughs> <laughs> but we cut back to the the windmill, not windmill. What's this called? <laughs> A lighthouse. Oh, what, the castle? What are they in? in the yes. Yeah. It's not a castle. I forget what we called it earlier. We had the, the word for it. Oh, I don't know. It, it's like a... I think I said castle earlier. Bell Tower. That's it. Yeah. Okay. But we cut back to the Bell Tower, and Volman's lecturing Frankenstein about the dangers of his work, and 
he's like, I put the best brain in him. He's like, the brain that was stolen, kind of throwing some shade, was yeah. that of a criminal. And you could tell Frankenstein's like, oh, fuck. Like, but it doesn't matter. It's only tissue. And it's like, he must be destroyed immediately. Speaking of Waldman, though, I just want to throw a shout out to him because he is Waldman in this. He's Van Helsing in Dracula. He yeah. is the doctor in The Mummy. This guy is just pulling, like, quadruple duty across all these movies as always, like, the guy who knows what's up. Oh, yeah, and you, everyone always talks about, of course, Bela Lugosi, because he's the greatest actor of all time. Boris Karloff, you know, um, Lon Chaney Jr. But Edward Sloan, like you said, shows up in quite a number of these movies, and he's pretty damn good. He's always kind of the same character, too. Well, yeah, but so is Ryan Reynolds, and we still like his Deadpool. <laughs> But he's saying his brain must be given time to develop, and then they're like, well, let's check him out, I guess. And we're introduced to the monster for the first time properly, and he walks backwards into the room for his big reveal. Yeah, which I've heard them talk about, where it's like such a weird kind of scene, but it, back in the day, they were thinking of like, well, this is the big reveal to the theaters, and they will never see it again after that, so who cares? There's no such thing as peacock and streaming, you know. <laughs> I just took it as he didn't know how to walk right because he just came to life. Like, oh, do I enter doors backwards? I just thought he was that much trying to grasp everything. They also say that he's been alive for a few days now, but they've kept him in complete darkness. So from the minute that this thing has come to life, he has had no chance. They keep him in darkness, completely alone, scared by himself. When they do let him around, they show him the sunlight for like five seconds, and he likes it, and they take it away from him. Then Fritz runs in with a goddamn torch, and is like <laughs> fucking with him with it. And they're like, Fritz, go away. It's like Fritz is like, no, well, finally, I can bully something. <laughs> but they do, I love like the sun thing. He's trying to catch the light beam coming through, because... He's never seen it before. He's, like, entranced with it. Then, like you said, they just shut it and take it away from him. Like, <laughs> fucking Fritz with the torch is just, like, yeah. poking the bear. And then he gets mad and attacks Fritz. And they're like, oh, what's he doing? What the fuck do you think he's doing? Yeah, they immediately turn on him and, like, chain him in the dungeon. And, like, poke him with sticks a few times a day. And, like, don't give him anything, like, any kind of, like, uh, nurturing, they don't give him food, nothing. Yeah, when you think about it, he's like a giant adult baby. You gotta take some time with him. Yeah, change him. <laughs> but they subdue him, and I think like he injects him with something. No, that's later. But they subdue yeah. him and they chain him up in the cellar and like they're walk away like, you know we have to kill it or something like that. Okay. I'm surprised Henry like so quickly agrees to this, but he does. And then they hear screaming, and they run back, because Fritz was, like, whipping him and, like, poking him with the torch yeah. earlier we saw when he was chained up. And they find Fritz hanged. Which is a cool scene of, it's not, like, overly dramatic. We do a big swoop-in scene of, like, Fritz hanging. He's just in the background, kind of. Like, the action's happening over here. Fritz is just in the background hanging by himself. Of It's not like, wow, look at it. It's like, yes, there he is. They have to come up with a way to kill this monster, so they unlock the door, and he comes out, 
and goes for Dr. Frankenstein's torch that he has, because he hates torches. Boy, is he going to be in a shock at the end of this movie. And Baldwin <sighs> uses a needle filled with something and stabs him with it, and the monster passes out and allegedly dies. Well, he, like, kind of, like, attacks him, both of them, half-heartedly, and then, like, he's, like, kind of going out of it, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. he's, like, making all these, like, monkey noises. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 banana. And then he passes out. <laughs> Did you notice in the opening credits to this movie, they had all the characters and the actors playing them, yeah. and then they said... The monster, and they just had a bunch of question marks. Was that, like, just to drum up a little extra excitement? Because in the closing credits, yeah. they credit him. That was just to make the monster still mysterious kind of thing. Ah, okay. Unlike in Bride of the Monster, they never give the bride um, the actual... I forget what the actress's name was. Same one, uh, same actress who played uh, Mary Shelley at the beginning of Bride. But at the very end, they still left it as a question mark, and everyone's like, why? You mean Bride of Frankenstein? You said Bride of the Monster. My head was going on a completely oh. different tangent there. No, that's a better movie. Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein, so-so. It's whatever. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a knock at the door, so they quickly hide the monster in the basement, and the Baron shows up, and him and Elizabeth are coming in. Yes. Henry goes upstairs, they make it up to him, and, well, slowly, because the Baron has to, like, slowly make it up, like, up the steps. Victor knows what's going on, and he ran in first to warn them they're coming, that's when they hit everything. And right. he finally makes it up to him, and he just, like, passes out, I think, from exhaustion and all the craziness. Well, basically, I think it's just, like, he had a mental break at some point, because he's like, I created life, and this is what it is, and it's horrible, like, what have I done? And now, like, my fiancé's here, oh god, my now my dad's here, <laughs> like... <laughs> right after you killed your creation. Yeah. But he is taken home. This is obviously a day or so later, Voldemort's about to operate on the dead monster, but it sits up and strangles him to death. Because the thing constantly is, um, the only way to kill Frankenstein's monster is to take him apart piece by piece. Of you can't shoot him, you can't drown him in, like, lava, you can't put him in mud. They've tried that in the sequels. He's always just kind of laying there in limbo. I feel like the lava would do it. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like it would. Well, no, yeah, lava wasn't one of them, but it was, a. Uh, Sulfur, it was some kind of weird acid or something in Son of Frankenstein. I forget what it was, but it was like some kind of weird pit like they had at the end of like House uh, uh, House on Haunted Hill. But Henry and Elizabeth are on the deck. That's where they say like we should plan our wedding immediately. They kiss and hard cut to the wedding day. Yes. It's just when they're all kind of toasting because they have the uh, like extremely good wine that the baron's grandfather bought but the grandmother wouldn't let him drink it so how old is this wine now you know and oh, so yeah, he's sure. drinking it now and they pass out um like little shot glasses to everyone then they're like oh that's the help like just give them champagne this good stuff's wasted on them and so they give all the maids uh champagne and they all take little sips Except for the last maid who chugs the entire <laughs> glass. I'm like, yeah, why not? Have a little bit of a buzz while you're dusting. Yes, and they toast to the son of the House of Frankenstein. Oh, that's a future movie they said in this movie. 
And dude, the whole town is dancing outside oh. in the streets because of this wedding. I mean, the whole town. This is apparently a huge ordeal. Yes. And is this where we also then cut to the little girl scene? Yes. Maria, this little yes. girl, is at the lake playing with her cat. And this poor cat that she has. Do you see this poor thing? She's picking it up and you know this thing wants to run away like this actor cat they have. Yeah, it was like because the little girl, like, it's not like she's strangling it, but she definitely has it by the neck of like, do not move. Um, And to the point of like you were saying earlier, everyone is at this wedding. This little like, I don't know, like this like kind of he's like a fisherman out in his little shack with his daughter and their kitten. And he just looks like kind of a peasant man. But he's also going to the wedding. Like, everybody's going. Because she's oh, like, oh, it's a grand affair. Oh, daddy, won't you stay and play with me? And he's like, no, I have much to do. But he has to go to a wedding. So it's like, I must go get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you stay and play with your kitty. And then uh, the monster shows up. This is a great behind the scenes thing of between uh, Karloff and um, little Maria Marilyn Harris. Because they thought this little girl was going to be terrified of him. Because the first time she sees him, Boris is done in all of his makeup. When she yeah. runs right up to him and grabs his hand to hold his hand and is like, can I ride with you? And Boris is like, I would love that. And they rode to the set together. And at first, Boris was very hesitant about throwing her in the lake. Like, I'll do it, but I'll be gentle. And he did one scene that wasn't what James Whale wanted. So he's like, you must do it again. But I will offer you anything you want, Marilyn Harris. And she wanted one dozen hard-boiled eggs because it was like one of those (laughs) actor moms where she wouldn't let her eat so she wouldn't gain weight. Oh, that's sad, but I'm glad she got her eggs. But James Whale, they did the scene and Boris threw her further into the water and she did better, like splashing and whatnot. And he gave her two dozen boiled eggs. Oh, that's awesome. Which, how... How is that a treat of like, did she eat all two dozen in one setting? And if so, I don't want to be around her afterwards because egg farts are terrible. Boris wasn't letting her ride back with him. Let's just say that. They're (laughs) smelly. (laughs) But so this little girl's playing by the lake and the monster sees her and it's daylight too. So he loves light, remember? But the girl isn't afraid of him. She's like, do you want to come play with me? And you get the classic shot of them holding hands, walking up to the water edge. And she's like, here. And she's throwing flowers into the lake. She gives him some flowers, and he's delighted by this. Oh, yeah. He was having the bit. This is the, like, happiest the monster will ever be. And this is, like, one of those really sad scenes where he's seeing something beautiful, and they float, the flowers. And so, in his mind, like, in the book and everything, from what I know, it's, she's beautiful, so she will float. Like, he didn't mean to kill her. Right. Well, that's also where he, like, grabs her, and he throws her in the water, and he's laughing, and he's, like, slapping at the water. But then it's almost like she disappears, and he's confused and wanders off. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. No. It's so insane that this that scene was lost for 50 years, and then in the 80s, they found it again to put it back in the movie. It's like the most famous scene today of it, too. That's what blows my mind. 
Well, that and the now I know what it feels like to be God scene are two of the biggest scenes in this movie. And for like 50 years, they weren't in it. Yeah, exactly. But that's all. And now before the wedding, Henry goes to see Elizabeth and they're talking. And Elizabeth is afraid because Voldemort is late. Henry blows this off as nothing. He's always late. But she has this really bad feeling and she's real nervous about the wedding. No, something just wrong. Like she's getting all these premonitions and everything. Yeah, just having, like, a really bad feeling about something. And then they hear the monsters, like, rawr, rawr. So the monsters made his way to where the wedding's going on. Which, if you look in the background of the room that um, Elizabeth is in, you can see the water in the background uh, outside the windows. So it makes sense the monster would just kind of follow the river. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And... What what doesn't make sense is that they hear him growling because remember the entire town is outside playing music and dancing. There's people all through the halls and everything. There's no way they're hearing him growling. Also, at this point, they're like, oh, "Okay," and they like, because uh, Doctor Frankenstein's like, "You stay here, Elizabeth," and they lock her in her room. This adult <laughs> woman, <laughs> like, hey, take out a skeleton key, just locks her in. Like, okay, now every now she's safe. Um, make sure to give her a lobotomy later. She's acting up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but they go searching through the like the building. I think he's in the basement, and they go down the search party looking for him. They're like, I think he's on the second floor. They run upstairs. They don't find him up there. I guess he's in the basement. How are you confusing these two? If they run all the way down to the basement, how about the floor you were on, you were hearing him really loudly. Check around that floor. But, of course, they can't find him. But you see, back in Elizabeth's room, you see the monster in the window, and he smashes through, and she's screaming. And they hear her screaming, so they're all run back there. The mob's outside trying to get into the room, but stupid Henry locked the door so they can't get in until he gets there. He opens the door, goes in, and the monster le- leaves through the window, and... I don't know if he attacked Elizabeth or just scared her. Yeah, because she's almost just like she passed out on the bed. And she's, there's not a mark on her. She's fine. The monster just did horny noises towards her and then left through the window. Yeah, and so now everyone knows about the monster. And not only that, Maria's father shows up carrying her through the streets. This is really sad because everyone's celebrating and everyone he walks past like stops like, he walks past people dancing, they stop dancing. He gets to, like, the band, and they stop playing one by one as he's making his way. And... At one point, he carries him, carries her past all these children, and even hear them being like, is that Maria? And the kids yeah. start screaming. But now, we have Dead Dad Parade! Of dead, Dad's got his dead daughter, and he's parading her through the street, and everyone's up behind him. They're playing horns, they're like, we don't know what happened, but Sure! Well, apparently, I guess the monster is common knowledge somehow. Yeah, because why didn't she just drown? Horrible, yeah. yes. Because Baron, the Baron, is is it the Baron or the Burgermeister? Burgermeister. He's like, why did you bring this corpse to me, you poor soul? It's like, <laughs> she was murdered! It's like, how do you know? You were off getting drunk. Maybe you saw it from the window or something, I don't know. Maybe. But, so now the mob, as you put it, the corpse parade has appeared. He's out there saying that, and the 
Big Mom's being addressed, and there's three groups that will search the mountains, the rivers, and the lake. I want to mention something real quick. If Maria had two dozen hard-boiled eggs, I don't think she's sinking. She's probably floating. But she got those after. She has all those, all that gas. <laughs> but yeah, they, um, it will, it, they, everyone, grab your pitchforks, grab your torches. We got a lynch mob to start. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't cliche yet. This no. is what everything else is ripped off doing. So at this point, this is a new original idea. So no one's thinking, oh, of course they have the Torch Mob. No, this is the Torch Mob movie. That just came later of, oh, it's a Frankenstein movie. We need the angry mob. You remember that fucking ridiculous Christmas Evil movie you made me watch? Uh, maybe. Yes, you do. I know you do. And the people had torches within two seconds. They yeah. ran one way and all appeared with torches. That's because yeah. of Frankenstein. Yeah. We don't mention the C word during Throbtober. You made me watch that. You have to deal with the consequences. This month, this year, no C word movies. Only <laughs> Satan. But he says, light your torches and go. And our groups take off, and there's a lot of shots of just the mobs running around and searching and some basset hounds howling a lot. There's, cool. there's like ten minutes of just people running around searching. Yeah, and, the, and it's basset hounds, because like you said, it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But someone finds, he attacks someone in the mountains and gets away, so they're like, he went this way, and somehow Henry gets separated from the group. I don't know how this happens. He's even calling to them, like, hey, over here! But they're busy waving their torches going the other way. Yeah, they're chased. They're running up the mountain that way, and Henry, of course, goes off by himself. So I wonder what's going to happen. He climbs up these rocks and gets attacked by the monster, knocks him out, and the monster carries him away to this old windmill. Yes, which is this is the beginning of Boris Karloff's back problems, is oh. carrying Colin Clive all around these sets. The mob also follows them up to there. He's inside the windmill with Henry, though, and he's growling at the mob outside, like, shaking his hand. I'm like, arr, arr. Well, we get it where, like, he puts Dr. Frankenstein down, and he's like, like you said, he's outside the window, like, go away! And then it's the cool, because there's, like, a turbine thing in the middle, because it's a windmill, so they're, like, seeing each other, but it's not even, like, fully seeing each other. Of it's like in like little shots kind of thing, and then Frankenstein tries to run away and like climb over the balcony, but then the monster grabs him and makes Frankenstein turn into a dummy, and he throws the dummy <laughs> off the uh, windmill and it hits one of like the fan things and he like rolls off of it, and then he turns back into a human and he's okay. Yes, but it looked ba Dude, you think he's dead the way the dummy lands oh. on that, like, fan? His back looks like snaps. His back is broken. <laughs> yes, but the mob does the obvious conclusion and lights the windmill on fire, and Frankenstein's monster, remember, is terrified of fire. That's his biggest fear, and he's screaming from all the fire, and I just feel bad for the poor guy here. Yeah, because he's surrounded by the thing he hates most. There is one villager, because they all throw their torches at the windmill and it goes up. And But there's the one shot where the villager's running by the windmill and he's just trying to, like, kind of press the torch against the hay and none of it lights on fire. 
So he just throws <laughs> it at the windmill. <laughs> but he's screaming, and a beam falls on him in this expertly sped up shot to make it look very, like, painful. Yes. Then that's the end of the monster. We cut back to the house, and the maids take wine to Henry, and his dad takes it and drinks it instead. But they're like, oh, he'll be fine. And it ends with him with the wine they brought and goes, a toast to the son of the house of Frankenstein, and then credits. It's so funny because like the all the maids bring the special wine so Henry can have some. And Baron's like, he pours the glass, and it's like, no, I'm gonna have this. Yeah, that's that's Baron's wine. It's not quite so harsh of a smash cut end as a lot of the Universal movies. No, this has like a real conclusion, like I mean, it's still short, but it has, like, a little stinger, like, a good line to end it on, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not just like, okay, like, this scene's over, now the next scene would be blah blah blah. No, it's just like, oh, this scene's over, and it's the end of the movie, end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably, like, the most satisfying ending of all those original ones. 100%, I would agree. Alright, and that's Frankenstein. Holy shit. Um, hopefully you've seen it before. If not, please see it. It's on Peacock, if you have Peacock. I have the giant Universal Monsters box set, which I absolutely adore, so. I have the smaller Universal Monsters box set that I also adore. Yes, it's just fun to dig out these old black and white movies, especially during October. Especially, especially during Throbtober. Because... Nothing's better when it's dark out and it's kind of cold and maybe you're having some pizza than a Universal Monster movie. I agree. All right, you want to get into Count of the Dead for this thing? Let's get into the Count of the Dead. All right, throw on before Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. How many do you think we got with Frankenstein? I believe there are two. I believe there are two. Yes. I'm sorry, there are three deaths. There is oh, little the Maria, one? there's oh, Fritz, and Dr. Yeah. Baldwin. Fuck, I forgot a little about little Maria. God damn it. <laughs> yep. I forgot three about the child death. <laughs> yeah, the one that's shown in the most detail. <laughs> I forgot she died. There's a There was a corpse parade, Brett. Yeah, I remember now. I was all cocky, too. I was like, two! What's <laughs> <laughs> great? Scout of the dead! Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Very appropriate with the lighting. Lightning this movie. Very much. A monster just came to life. Yeah. Oh, sh- fuck. God damn it. I was having a peaceful night. <laughs> Maybe Baron Von Kitty can take care of him. <laughs> Possibly. Um. So basically, I'll take the movie and I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate it 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. And I'm going to say it's because this movie deals with, I wonder if the monster got the smart, good brain, if it would have been any different, or did that have nothing to do with it? We're never really quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything. Like, (laughs) could it be, like, mean liver he got that made him crazy? Who knows? Exactly. Like, because even later, like, when Igor's brain gets put into the Frankenstein monster, like, yeah, Igor's also still evil, but he almost just turns into this version of the monster again of he, like, knows nothing because he goes, like, blind and deaf because the uh, blood isn't going right, and then his brain gets all fucked up. 
So I'm going to go with versions of a brain you could put into a monster. Okay. It's like, what do you want this monster to be? So a number one version of a brain that you would put into a monster, the worst kind of brain you would want to put into a monster. And Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson kind of touched upon this during a comic book, and it was really good. It's called War of the Undead, where it's Hitler's brain gets put into the Frankenstein monster. But uh, uh, the Wolfman is there to stop him in the comic book, so don't worry. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Definitely check it out. Hard to find. A number 10 version of a brain you would want to put into a monster, the best version. And I'm thinking, what's a good, like, mixture of brain and monster, like, look? And, like, kind of horror-ish. I'm going to put Zachary's brain in the Frankenstein monster. Zachary can still do cons, and he can still do voiceover work. Oh, hell yeah. So Zachary's back, he's the cool ghoul again, and if anything, now he looks even more monstrous than he did. Very much so. Frankenstein's our Zachary brain. This is a 10 out of 10. I absolutely love this movie. It's a must-watch for, especially this time of year, let alone, I watch this movie four or five times a year just because. It's fun. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, so much so that I gave it 10 versions of a brain out of 10 as well. Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame. Oh, fuck yeah. The Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame is any movie that gets a perfect 10 from both me and Britt. The year three entrance, this is what I'm doing now. I'm not reading the whole list. I'll do occasionally the whole list. The, the year three entrance into the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame have been The Thing, Fright Night, Ghostbusters, and Frankenstein. Very nice. Yeah, and that's all I got. I mean, look, you guys know Frankenstein. It's a classic. It literally invented the genre of science fiction when it was written. So, yeah. And there's a reason it's so parodied, if that's how you say that word, I don't fucking know. <laughs> parodied. <laughs> parodied. Um, and like kind of, not ripped off, but there's a lot of homages to it and whatnot. And there's a reason, it's because it's the best. Oh, don't get me wrong, it's been ripped off a fair share of times, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but definitely. We hope that you're enjoying Throbtober. Um, there's been a shit ton of stuff that you've listened to. I'm pretty sure this is towards the end, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's only like maybe two more after this. This is right at the so, end. Savor this Throbtober because you know once November 1st happens, everything's downhill. Yeah, I mean, we'll still be putting out banger stuff. Don't worry. Yeah, but we're just sad about it. Yes. <laughs> but we hope that Frankenstein has left your brain throbbing with horror. This brings to close another episode of throbbing with horror but fret not friends another episode will be coming next week same time same place be sure to check us out on all the social medias just look for the throbbing with horror pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media